I always tell my guys, you know, make offers, don't make assumptions. When you start making assumptions about, you know, what, what's happening with a seller, you're going to lose because you just don't know what that seller can do or what their capabilities are. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to mention Trevor McGregor. Trevor is a real estate results coach. I've been paying him and working with him for years now. He actually is responsible for giving me the idea to do a podcast. So it's not only about transactions that he gives advice on, how to find more deals, how to make more money, but also how to build a holistic plan around your real estate entrepreneurship endeavors. That's what I love about working with Trevor, that and being held accountable for what I say I'm going to do and actually making sure that I follow through and do it. I feel like I'm a pretty results-oriented, accountable kind of person, but it's always nice to have someone who's there guiding you along the way and giving you strategy as well as psychology tips for how to deal with you know the things that come up as a real estate entrepreneur. Trevor has made a wonderful offer for the best ever listeners, and that is that he's offering a free coaching session. Go to coachwithtrevor.com. That's C-O-A-C-H-W-I-T-H-T-R-E-V-O-R.com. Highly recommend him. I've worked with him before. I'm currently working with him right now as my business, as my real estate investing coach. Highly recommend you do the same. Take him up on his offer. Get a free coaching session, coachwithtrevor.com. Best ever listeners. Hello, hello, hello. How you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where we cut out all that fluffy stuff. We get straight to the real estate advice that moves your business forward. We've spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Jay Papazan, the author of The One Thing with Gary Keller. And today we've got with us Rob Caldwell. How you doing, Rob? Hey, Joe. How are you? Doing well, doing very well, and nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Rob, and then he'll get into it in more detail. He's a, a real estate franchise coach with Home Investors of America. His previous experience has been a home inspector, and then he's been an investor for 20 years, focusing on fix and flip and rehabs. He's based in Asheville, North Carolina, and you can say hi to him at Rob caldwell.com and uh, there's a link to that in the show notes page with that being said rob you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now yeah joe um and that website is actually robcaldwell.net i started young in this business i think my dad was a contractor developer residential commercial construction and so i was on job sites as a kid and, and i've always been around real estate i had a couple corporate jobs i worked as a pilot for a little while but I did my first deal in 1993. I did a land contract on a house that actually I lived in, and I did some work on that house, and I eventually sold it, and I made 5000 bucks. and I thought this was the greatest thing in the world. And so, um, and that, that just kind of evolved into getting more and more into real estate investing. I had a home inspection business for a while, and that kind of helped me with re- determining the repairs and figuring out how to fix these houses. My dad and I tried to get into in real estate investing in Savannah, Georgia, in the early 2000s, and we had a lot of a lot of bumps in the road, and there were some things that we just couldn't seem to make happen. We weren't we weren't getting any deals like we wanted. We had real estate brokers making offers for us on MLS, and uh, we had signs around town, and we did advertising, and rarely got to look at anything. And I came across this company called Homevestors that I'm involved with now, which is a franchise. And I really wasn't looking for a franchise. That wasn't my uh, appeal. I was looking for houses, and I wanted leads, and uh, 
we got involved with them and found out their brand, We Buy Ugly Houses, was what was driving people to call us to come look at their houses. And the first year, we, we did over 30 deals, and uh, the lead's just been coming in ever since. And uh, now, um, I'm over in the Carolinas, and I, I work as a development agent or a franchise coach with these guys, and I'm out in the field every day helping them. Been with Home Investors over 12 years, and I'm just loving it. You know, it's, it's, it's great. Love it. On the the first deal, the land contract, and you made five k. Will you explain what a land contract is and how you made money on it? Yeah, it's one of those things that uh, you know. I went to a library and I think I found a Carlton Sheets book or something, and I just figured out you know how I could buy a house with no money down, and and later ended up buying a Carlton Sheets program. But uh, it's essentially you have marketable title to the property, but you're not on the deed. So you can actually sell the property without the deed owner's, you know, really involvement in that. And it's it, it's one of these things that you don't see a lot anymore. I don't think it's people are doing a lot of those, but uh, it's just one of those things. I got I was renting the house at the time, and I asked the guy if I could do a land contract or buy the house from him. So we put it together, went to an attorney, and had the paperwork drawn up, and I was on my way. Now you're overseeing deals with the people you work with. What is your main focus? Is it uh, helping other investors or is it doing deals yourself? Yeah, right now it's primarily helping other investors. It's kind of uh, uh, the situation I'm involved in. I, I'm able to move around and travel. I, I go across North and South Carolina, Eastern Tennessee, Northern Florida, Coastal Georgia, and I help these guys visiting their offices. And we go on appointments together and we look at deals together. Uh, occasionally we'll talk about maybe I might have an interest in getting involved in a deal with them. My primary focus is to help them and support them with their businesses and really just kind of focus on the fundamentals, you know, making offers, going on appointments, making offers, following up, all the things that we know that work to to buy houses. When you're helping other investors and you're looking at deals and you're looking at their overall business, what are some common mistakes that you've found and what are the solutions to those mistakes? You know, when somebody starts having uh, trouble or, or they're struggling, and this happens sometimes where a guy's doing really well and then all of a sudden he, he's not doing so well and he's kind of saying, hey, Rob, I'm, I'm waving a white flag over here. What, what can you do to help me? You know, the first thing we do is we go look at the numbers. And with Homevestors, we're really able to pull – a lot of data from a lot of different offices across the country. We can see what their activities are. And because of that, we know what type of, uh, you know, how, how often uh, a lead should convert or how many appointments it takes to, to get a contract and how many leads it takes to get a contract. So we have all these numbers in front of us. And so one of the first things we start looking at is how many appointments are you going on? And if it starts to seem, seem like somebody's really slowing down on appointments, they're probably overqualifying, and that's one of the biggest things that happens in this business is we get a little bit accustomed to going into the same neighborhood. We feel like we know that neighborhood. We're not going to go there anymore, or the mortgage balance is higher than we would like it to be, so we don't go on the appointment anymore. So overqualifying is usually the first thing that happens with an investor. I always tell my guys, you know, make offers, don't make assumptions. When you start making assumptions about, you know, what, what's happening with a seller, what their situation is, you're going to lose because you just don't know what that seller can do or, or what their capabilities are. We've got sellers that bring money to the table, and it happens frequently where somebody can 
you know, our offer might be less than what they owe, and they're going to bring money to the table to make the deal happen. So, yeah, the first thing is really not to overqualify and go on every appointment that you can. When you're looking at those data points as far as what lead conversion rate should be, what should a lead conversion rate be? Well, we know with our leads, system-wide, we have over 650 offices, and so that's a lot of data to pull from. Uh, it's, it's usually for every 20 leads that we receive, we get a contract. And obviously that's an average. And, and uh, if I see that a guy has gone on or received 60 or 80 leads and he hasn't bought a house yet, we're going to sit down and figure out why that is. And and in almost every case, usually it's a situation that has changed. He, he has started doing something different. His behavior has changed because in our world, we hear no more than we hear yes, and we get a lot of rejection, and so we tend to think, maybe I'm doing something wrong, I need to adjust. And then when I get back to him, I'm watching a guy doing something that I didn't teach him to do that, and all of a sudden he's doing something different. So it's just getting back to the fundamentals again. So for every 20 leads, we get we usually get a contract, and that's a system-wide average. And the other thing I tell guys, especially new guys, is you, know, you get leads, you get a little bit hypersensitive to these leads in the beginning. You're really trying to analyze everything to death. But we reward people or we, we congratulate people that have a 5% conversion ratio, meaning that uh, for every 100 leads, you should be buying five houses, and that's good if you're doing that. And I've got guys that are buying three out of 100, and they're still doing having a good business. But we have other guys that are doing 8, 10, 12 conversion rates. So those are good numbers to work from. And are the conversion rates the main metric? If not, then what's the main metric? Yeah, it, it is probably the main metric for really seeing what's happening with a business. If it, it, again, if he's struggling, I'm going to go right to those numbers and I'm going to see, you know, how many appointments, you, how many leads did you get? How many appointments did you set? How many offers did you make? And how many contracts? And almost every time without fail, it's got to have something to do with their behavior, which is, you know, not doing something they should be doing. What's an effective technique for generating leads? You know, it's interesting. With Homevestors, it's our brand. It's our advertising. It's our trademark. I was recently at a, at a real estate investor club meeting, and uh, one of the, those speakers got up and said, today we're going to talk about how to generate leads. And I looked over at my partner, and I said, we never have this discussion. We just don't have this problem with leads. With Homevestors, these people, they know us. It's top of mind awareness. I got to call the We Buy Ugly Houses people. My house is a, is a wreck. I can't list it. And Joe, I'm just not going to be able to be able to help you with figuring out how to get more leads because we have that problem solved. Okay. Well, fortunately, I don't have that problem either, so that's okay. <laughs> but with with appointments, then let's let's go there with appointments. What are some effective approaches to convert whenever you're speaking to someone to actually you know make the transaction happen? Well, this is something I learned in my world that really changed my whole business and mentality and I it, it really had a lot to do with stop looking at the house and start looking at the seller have a relationship with that person develop rapport with that person understand what their situation is that's all about being empathetic not sympathetic but understanding what a person needs and we're not always going to be able to help them in fact most of the time we don't when you think about those numbers I just talked about a little while ago so relationship building is a huge part of this business and I became much more effective when I changed my mentality from a scarcity mentality to a, an abundance mentality and so that's really the biggest thing about helping people 
from your real estate investing background, what are some takeaways that if you were talking to a beginning investor who is wanting to get into wholesaling and fix and flipping, what would you tell him or her? To be patient. I think patience is something that as entrepreneurs, we we really don't have much of. We want to get into something and we want to see it work right away. I think patience is probably the biggest thing for new people in this business to get used to. And, and, And we know that we normally buy houses, we buy more houses on the follow-up than we do on the initial appointment. And again, that goes back to that relationship with the seller and understanding their situation and continuing to check back with them. In the beginning, we call it the 90-day blues. We get a lot of people that, you know, they get going and they've gotten 40, 50 leads and they haven't bought a house and they're calling me and they're saying, oh my God, I don't know what I just did. I mean, this isn't working. Um, and I and I'm, I will tell them, you have to continue to, to follow the fundamentals, to go on every appointment that you can, make the offers and establish those relationships, and things will turn around for you. And that generally works itself out. When you're doing the follow-up, is there a systematic way that you like to approach it? You know, I get that question a lot. I think people are kind of looking for a boilerplate for how to handle fundamental, and I think it really goes back to that relationship you have with the seller. And really, it, to me, it's about setting expectations. So if you can set the expectation with the seller that I'm going to check back with you in a week or a month or tomorrow afternoon at three o'clock, just have sort of an agreement with that that seller that you're going to come back to them at some point in time and just see how they're doing. From a higher level, that's probably the best way to handle follow up. What's the story behind the most interesting conversation you've had with a seller? I had a lady who was a receptionist for a a really large real estate brokerage firm, and she wanted to sell her house. There were probably 30 agents that were in this office, and I just kept telling her, I said, you've got to have somebody in your office that you're going to list your house with, right? She said, no, I want to sell it to homebusters. It was really something to navigate as we we did buy, buy her house uh, six months later. She was having a townhome built in Florida. She wanted to get her house under contract with us, so she knew that would be in place. But these agents just kept coming to me all the time saying, well, what, you know, we, we want to list it for her. Well, she wants to sell it to me. I, I don't know what to tell you. And so it was a really interesting situation all the way up until closing with these brokers. And uh, they weren't happy about it, but... This is what she wanted. And we told her many times, you should probably try to list it with one of your fellow brokers. And she just wouldn't do it. But, uh, but there's, a, there's all kinds of stories that we have about these, these appointments. There's one thing about this business. It, it, there's always some stories. The story of the day or the week or the month, something's always happening with us. Rob, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? You know, I think it goes back to that abundance mentality and setting expectations be proactive. But really, for me, the biggest thing is, is getting involved with you know a, a group of peers that are doing this business, uh, people that you can collaborate with, people that you trust, people that are not in it for themselves, but are also in it for, for you and uh, the long-term goals. I think, really, I tried to start out on my own and just wasn't getting anywhere until I got connected with some other people or peer groups. It just really wasn't working for me, and uh, that's really what we focus on. In fact, tomorrow I'm going to a meeting where 
we're going to just sit down with a bunch of people and we're just going to talk about business. We don't have an agenda in mind or a topic in mind. We're just going to talk about your business. What can we do to help? And that collaborating is a huge part of being successful. We always talk about this is a lonely business, and uh, even though you might have somebody in the same market as you doing the same thing, being able to connect with them and find out what they're doing is, is going to be a huge benefit for you. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Did you achieve all your real estate goals in 2015? Well, if you did, congratulations. Fist bump to you. If you didn't, then go to coachwithtrevor.com. Trevor McGregor is my business coach, my real estate coach. He's also been a guest on the show, episode 320. He is offering a free coaching session for the best ever listeners. Just go to coachwithtrevor.com and it'll help you to achieve your real estate goals in 2016. Best ever book you've read? As far as it relates to business, I like the the book Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, Yes, I love that book. talks about thin slicing. Yep. Best ever personal growth experience and what did you learn from it? It's, uh, you know, it's that abundance mentality um, as opposed to the scarcity mentality uh, showing up. How can I help you? Let's talk about some solutions. When it became more about them and less about me, my life changed and, and business became better. If you remember, what was the breaking point for when that happened or, or breakthrough point for when that happened? Yeah, I think it was, you know... Um, a, a training seminar that I went to that uh, really talks about, you know, helping people, being there for them, uh, asking people, you know, things that you wouldn't think to ask, like, for example, why don't you just list your house with a real estate broker? Well, I would never think to ask them that. I'm here to buy your house. But really, it breaks through as to, well, maybe that might be a good idea or maybe it may not be a good idea. But that helping portion comes out from you and, and the seller feels it and, and they, they relax a lot more. Best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal. Um, I think it's a deal where we assumed, and this is again where I talk about, I, I tell people to make make offers, not assumption. And I had assumed that somebody was not going to be able to do something. And, and in this case, they were able to bring a large amount of money to the closing table. And they actually hugged me when it was over. I mean, I just really never imagined something like that ever happening. That was very rewarding. Best ever way you like to give back? The best way I like to give back, it's that showing up thing. You, know, you should just, just be there, be available. I think giving, um, again, I keep harping on this, but it's that abundance mentality. Be there to help people. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? I think um, not properly managing contractors. That just was something that uh, really did not serve me well. I felt that people would be honest and I thought that I could trust people and really learn that you can't trust everybody and, and uh, having expectations with people and setting up agreements and things that, as opposed to verbal sort of arrangements uh, didn't help me very well. And so I think managing contractors is, was a weakness of mine that I had to get over. And what's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? They can reach me. Again, the website is robcaldwell.net, and uh, my phone number is area code 828-989-3785. Well, Rob, thank you for being on the show and sharing your advice with myself and the best ever listeners and talking about your background and what you're up to now. The benefit of, of hearing your insight is 
that you're looking at a lot of different businesses and you're able to extract some of the learnings that you're getting from that. So I think that's really valuable for us. One of the things is the overqualification of leads, assuming that you have the proper flow of leads, the overqualifying of them and making sure that you're making the offers. And as you say, don't make assumptions, make offers. Then the initial follow-up, you you mentioned that you buy more houses on the follow-up than on the initial appointment. I've heard that from the more successful wholesalers and fix and flippers that I've interviewed, as well as the last thing that really stood out to me is you know, perhaps asking the seller, why don't you list your house with a real estate agent? And then you, you really get to the meat of why they're having the conversation with you and if it makes sense to you know, list with an agent or, or proceed with you. So appreciate everything um, that we talked through. Thanks for sharing your advice with the best ever listeners and hope you have a best ever day. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. Did you achieve all your real estate goals in 2015? Well, if you did, congratulations. Fist bump to you. If you didn't, then go to coachwithtrevor.com. Trevor McGregor is my business coach, my real estate coach. He's also been a guest on the show, episode 320. He is offering a free coaching session for the best ever listeners. Just go to coachwithtrevor.com and it'll help you to achieve your real estate goals in 2016.